What kind of church do we have that goes wild when the sound cuts out? That was awesome. And then the lyrics that we were in is like, we'll, we'll never stop worshiping. We'll never stop loving you. I was like, man, that was so fitting. And uh, I was like, man, we have an amazing church. We cheered when the sound cut out. <laughs> I leaned over to Nicole. I was like, what kind of church do we have that cheers when the sound cuts out? And they love it. It's because we just love to worship, sound or no sound, right? We just love to worship. We just love the Lord. So hopefully uh, you experience that at home if you're watching online. Uh, but man, God's so good. Welcome to 2022. Wow. The, the first scripture I read last year uh, to launch the service of 2021 was 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. And it, it basically was saying, don't lose heart. And, and I'm just here to say, if you're here today, if, if you've made it here today, you didn't lose heart. You didn't give up. Your time's not done. 2020, 2021 may have been challenging, but you're here. All right? It's not that we've arrived, you know, in a sense, but, but we're here. We've made it. You've made it. Well done, good and faithful servants. You, you're healthy. You're well. I know there's some people watching online at home with some fevers and stuff, but, but you made it too. You're You're alive. You're here. That's something to celebrate. You have the breath of life today. I honestly couldn't help but focus there, you know, knowing what's been going on in our world the last couple of years, that we get to stand here, lift our hands, and actually worship Jesus together. That in itself is enough for me. We're here. There's been a challenge, and it's, and it's been so hard for so many of us and so many of you. And, um, but man, you, you've, you did it. You're here. Um, and, and I just believe his promises are still yes and amen, just like they were yes, last year, just like they were in 2020, just like they were in 2019, just like they were in 2000, just like they were in 1990 and 1980, the year I was born. I don't want to make any of you feel old, but anyway, he's same yesterday, today, and forever. His promises are yes and amen, and, and it's still such a time as this. We are still living in such a time as this, and you may have faced tragedy this year, I see out here and I see so many people who've lost loved ones, who, who expected things, who were dreaming for things and it didn't happen. I see people, there's multiple people here who lost a spouse this year, but yet you're here. And, and I know it was, it was terrible and it was tragic and it was horrific to go through, but God's still good. He didn't do that. He didn't take that. He didn't steal that. He didn't cause that. He's still good. And you're here. You're, you're still here praising and to me, you know, we sat here on New Year's Eve and we reflected on, on the previous year and went into this year and just prayerfully thanked the Lord for who he was. Regardless of what happened, we were thanking the Lord for who he was. And the lambs, Kurt and Heather, just stood up here. They both each lost a father within the last few months. And they stood up here worshiping Jesus. And we just began to bless them. And, 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 and honestly, I, I just admire that. When you're still coming here faithfully, knowing some of you are coming alone now. Some of you are coming alone and you've faced certain things through this year and you're coming and you're still having faith and trust in the Lord and you're still focusing and worshiping him because he's good. I told Nicole, I think Friday, I could boil my life down to this. I just want to know the Lord and I want to lead others to know him too. That's my life. That's my mission. I want to know the Lord and I want others to know him too. And I want to do, and that's including my kids and my home and my community, my fire department. 
my city, my nation. I want others, the nations. I want others to know him. I want others to know and experience how good he is. Amidst tragedy, not many people, without Jesus, we can't say that. Without Jesus, we can't say things are still looking up even though the world's terrible. Things are still looking up even though that tragedy was horrific. Things are looking up. Why we can say that as believers and when we know Jesus, when we have him in our hearts, because we have the hope of his glory. We have the hope of eternity. We have the hope of his presence. We have the hope of, of a heavenly realm that's way beyond anything we could ask, think, or imagine. That is the glory realm. So you've made it. Proverbs thirteen twelve says this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. The Passion Translation words it like this. This is how I kicked off last year. When hope's dreams seem to drag on and on and on and on and on, and delay can be depressing, but when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. I know sometimes it's, it's, we'll lose faith, we'll lose hope, we'll lose things when the heart is deferred and when those things aren't happening and hope's deferred and it's making our heart sick. We have a longing for it to happen. But faith is, is the substance of things hoped for, not seen. So there's a faith realm that, help, that allows me every morning to go out to say this is gonna be a better day. Every year I look at this year is gonna be a better year. Every time I go fishing, this is gonna be the day that I catch the biggest fish. Every time I go hunting, this is the day of the big buck. That's me. I'm an optimist, right? But I also have this realm of faith that allows me to see beyond my circumstance. Well, it's raining and windy. It's, it's this or that. It's like, uh, the bank account's low or that other person got that position. My heart is not deferred by any of that. My, my heart is not sick because of that hope deferred because I have faith and hope in Jesus. Let, let, me, let me carry on here. I'm excited for 2022, as you can tell, always. This is one of my favorite sermons to always preach, is, is going into the new year and that anticipation, that hope, right? And uh, I can't wait to launch this message today. I'm not even anywhere close to even doing the intro yet, okay? But I'm going to get there, all right? I promise. It might be a little longer today, but it's going to be good. But we always start the year together as a church on a fast. And there's a couple other things we do. You got these cards when you walked in. If you didn't, uh, just get one on your way out. And uh, we're going to, over the next few weeks, we're going to be processing some of this. In January, we, we take a month and we fast together. We start a 21-day fast. I'm going to briefly enter that. Corey's going to preach and speak on fasting in a couple weeks. And Nicole next week is going to continue to go on visions, dreams, hopes, and that double portion. She had a word that she feels from the Lord about this year being a double portion kind of year. So each year, we kind of make a declaration and a decree, and, and we, we sense what we feel the Holy Spirit's going to do in us, through us, around us this year. And, and we, we really came up with 1 Peter 5.10, and it's 2022, a double portion year. And, and if you turn the cards over, every year, we encourage you to write dreams down. We encourage you to write some goals, dreams, some, some things you want to see come to pass. Maybe you have uh, loved ones that are lost and don't know Jesus yet. Maybe you're longing for, for that baby or, or that marriage or, or whatever it may be that's in your heart. We want you to write those down. We want you to pray into this. Habakkuk 2.2 references that if you write the vision down, there's power in that, and that verse is on there. And 1 Peter 5.10 is on there. So we're going to push into this over the next couple weeks. In three weeks, I'm going to actually speak on dreaming and dreaming with the Lord and having that faith realm to dream. And there's a couple reasons for that. I feel, and I'm going to speak on that today, I feel that there is a change of seasons. I feel that dreaming has been lost. I feel like even some hope has been lost. Some faith realms have been lost because of some things that have been stolen, some distraction, right? Anybody been distracted the last couple years? 
So I believe the Lord's gonna be restoring some things and Nicole really feels it's double portion and I receive that. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm all about receiving double portion harvest, double portion blessing, right? Double portion encounter with the Lord. So, so anyway, we're gonna push into some of this, but this is one thing we do every year as a church, we dream together. And we, I really feel that God is, is, is allowing us. As I was meeting with Kurt recently, he's like, I feel like we're kind of out of a fog and I can dream again. And I just feel like that summarizes many of us, maybe even over the last couple of years, that a fog is being lifted and that this, this clarity is coming and this hope and this faith realm to dream again with the Lord, to dream of what it looks like for a city that has darkness to be penetrated with Jesus' light, to see family members saved, to see lost people come into this building and get saved and give their heart to Jesus and encounter a Messiah and a father and a friend that's beyond anything we could ever imagine. I want to dream into some of this. I want to dream to see what it's like to see this pandemic totally go away and be eradicated by Jesus, not by a politician or a vaccine, by Jesus. I want to see so many changes. I want to see unity in our nation, unity in the body of Christ. So those are the things that, that we want to dream in together. We also start with a fast. So tomorrow we launch a 21-day fast, and, and it can be very creative. It's between you and the Lord. And most of the times in the Bible, it was, it was food. They were fasting food, maybe even uh, a type of diet, a Daniel-type fast or different things like that. And Corey's going to go into detail about this so I don't have to. But a fast is simply giving up something and replacing it with something godly to focus and become closer to him. It is not works or you're not earning his love. It is literally, like Nicole was saying, a time of intimacy to spend time with him. So if you're, not, if you're giving up food or a lunch hour and you don't replace it with something godly, it's really just a glorified diet. We're not asking you to, many of you may go on diets tomorrow. <laughs> many of you may change lifestyles or decide to work out or give up different things. We're asking you to fast for the Lord. Isaiah 58 says this, 58 verse 6. Is this not the kind of fast I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and unite the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? There is an intentionality about why we fast and what you're fasting for. So pick something in your heart, tuck it in your heart, decide on what that is. Is it media? Is it social media? That's a good one. Is it negativity? Is it food? Is it alcohol? I could just go a whole long sermon on why we should probably fast alcohol. <laughs> you're dependent on it, if you need it to sleep, if you need it to knock the edge off, you should probably fast alcohol. If you can't have fun without it, you should probably fast alcohol. At any rate, there's different things that we can fast. There's different things we can give up. For 21 days, we're just asking you to do that as a body. And it, and it could be something very simple if you've never fasted. It could be something very deep if you're used to fasting. And uh, simply you're replacing with something godly and we're being intentional about it. And uh, whatever we exchange, we just fill it with some godly time. Maybe you give up uh, TV at night and you fill it with worship time or something like that. So are we good? Let's do it. Corey will speak more on that in two weeks. All right. Uh, I, I just want to kind of intro why, what we're doing here. And, and I'm so excited for this new year. We were at a Christmas uh, leaders dinner that we hosted uh, for the church leadership. And, and we were there, and, and there was a sign that was there. And it was pretty amazing. It's like a chalk sign. You, you put it out, and it's this, um, I don't know, tent sign or whatever you would call that. And it's a uh, white uh, chalkboard. So Nicole had wrote uh, Welcome Upper Roomies a year ago, the former year, uh, when we went. And it was kind of funny because we get to the, uh, it was at the tip roller mill, we get there and uh, welcome, how she wrote it was still on there and then it just had a different group name at the bottom of it. So she erased that back because it was our welcome 
And uh, she put upper room leaders or upper room me's again or something like that. And uh, then as we were in there, it began to rain. And it rained, and, and everything on the whole chalkboard had erased and white and just washed clean. And, and we, begin to, we, we begin to actually lean into that and declare and decree some things and prophesy some things as a leadership team based on that event. And, and some of the things that were coming out is like he's, it's a fresh season. It's a clean slate. God, God's wiping the slate clean. I asked Nicole. She wanted the sign left up because she's like, I just still want to adore Jesus. I was like, but Christmas is over and it's weird. I was like, would it be weird if I grab black paint and I just paint over it during the sermon and he's wiping things clean? I really wanted to. She's like, no, it looks so pretty. Don't do that. I was like, well, God's not always into pretty. <laughs> but anyway, so those are some of the things. And I, I believe that I just began to press into that. And, and there were so many prophetic words that night. And we began to declare things about God changing and transitioning us into a new season. And he's washing things away. And he's wiping it clean. And that welcome was we are a group of believers. We are a group of Christ followers here that welcome people and welcome Jesus into our midst. That we're welcoming. And, and I began to pray into that this morning. That we would be a welcoming people of Christ's presence, his goodness, his gifts, right his signs and wonders that we would be welcoming of holy spirit we don't quench him or limit him or 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 deny any portion of who holy spirit is that we would welcome the king of kings but also that we would welcome people and we would welcome a community we would welcome the darkness we would welcome the people that we may not agree with that jesus can transform them and it might mean the seat that we're normally used to sitting in might get filled with somebody else that parking spot that we're used to heading towards might get parked in by somebody else. It might mean there's a spill on the carpet or, or, or some toilet breaks, or so, and we're okay with that. Let me just say, this is a building that is a vehicle for God's presence and for people to come to know him. And sometimes vehicles, vehicles need a little maintenance. They need a little repair. They need a little cleanup, and that's okay. But I want to be welcoming, and that's what we feel that that sign was. But Jesus is transitioning seasons, and that's what I'm going to go into. 1 Peter 5.10. And the God of all grace, everybody say that, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory. Yeah, let's do this. In Christ. I like it. After you have suffered a little while, 2020, 2021. Will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast after you suffer just a little while? Okay, we can stop the repeating thing. I was going to go into it after that. He will restore you, ESV. He will restore you. He will, he will make you strong. He will make you firm and steadfast. I remember when Peter Lewis was here from Upper Room Dallas, and, and he was speaking. He's like, steady is the new fast, being steadfast, immovable. And I remember him saying that. I was like, I like that. Steady is the new fast. Being steadfast is the key to the kingdom. I was like, yeah, I received that. He will make you firm and steadfast. He will restore you. And I believe that like we've been suffering a little while, but I believe there's a season changing. I, I, the story that comes to mind is Joseph. Joseph was, was a dreamer, right? He had all these things in his heart. His brothers end up selling him to slavery, dumping him in a pit. He gets, he gets sold to slavery. And then he ends up in prison, falsely accused. Like, can you imagine this? And then all of a sudden, 
He gets placed at the, at the kingdom. He gets placed at the king's table. He gets placed in the king's quarters, right? And he is making all the decisions over, over the harvest, over all the things. But there was a famine. There was a famine that caused his brothers and his family to be in need to come to him. And then all of a sudden, he got to bless them with this abundance of harvest that he had stewarded and actually, actually prepared and I believe that's the season where we're coming into this season of harvest after this season of hardship. But he's, there's things that are in you. There's dreams that are in you. There's callings and anointings. There's, there's things that are stored up in you that the Lord is going to use in this next season. And there may have been suffering for a little while, but God's restoring things. He's making you strong and giving you strength and firm and steadfast. I want to speak into a new wineskin because I believe there's this new season coming and, and the Lord was kind of downloading. I believe like, I'm looking at this as a three year period. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else is. We do vision boards every year and I know the women's group's doing and we're gonna do them with some young adults and, and we've got some, some plans and as a family we do them every year. And, and last year I was just so frustrated by really nothing happening from 2019 or 2020. Last year I just crossed off 2020 and I put 2021 just added a couple new things. <laughs> This year, I kind of did the same thing. I was kind of frustrated again. I was like, man, I still haven't been able to go to our church in St. Lucia. I still haven't been able to do this, this, and this, and take my daughter on her missions trip we had committed to because of travel restrictions. I still can't do some of these things that we know the Lord is calling us to and that he put in our heart. So I get a little frustrated in some of the things that didn't come to pass. But then we start looking at Nicole's board and like, everything came to pass. I'm just going to speak on that next week. I'm not going to give it away, but... It's like, it's like, really? I was like, why didn't you? And then we start sharing our vision boards. I was like, well, you, why didn't you put this, this, and this? Because yours came true. So anyway, I'm looking at this, this season as a three-year season, 2020, 2021, 2022. And I believe like there was a season of hardship in 2020. I believe it was transition in 2021. And I believe there's breakthrough in 2022. Let, let, let me say this, somewhere nestled between our brokenness and our breakdown and our breakthrough is this moment of transition. There's always this season of transition, this season of change, this season of, 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 of a transition into something new, but sometimes it is nestled in the middle of a breakdown to breakthrough. Sometimes between brokenness and breakthrough is this transition piece, and, and I believe that was 2021, and Nicole says, I don't know about you, if you watched our virtual service last week, she said, I don't know about you, but it felt like 2021 was actually a little harder than 2020, and I began to just press into that this week and ask why, why, why did it feel that way, because for me, it, it wasn't tangibly harder, there weren't physical things that made it harder, but it felt harder. If you go through a death, there's there's this emotional high, there's this thing that happens where there's this adrenaline even that takes place and, and things in our, in our body and hormones and all of these endorphins are released to get us through that. And then it's weeks or months later, all of a sudden we have a breakdown. All of a sudden we reflect and we begin to miss that person or we begin to, to get weak and sometimes we even get sick because our immune system just crashed. And I believe that was kind of like that transition of 2021. 2020 was hard, but there is something in us that God put in us of strength, of hardship. And when we face it, we will hit it head on, right? But then all of a sudden, after it, we begin to sometimes crash or reflect or get down or depressed. And I believe that that season is coming to a close. And this 2022 is a new season of that double portion of the harvest of the fresh fire that Jesus has. 
Let, let, me, let me carry on. Matthew 9, 14 through 17 uses the analogy of wine and wineskins. One day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why don't your disciples fast like we, the Pharisees, do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. Now we're going to read on because now you're saying, well, why are we fasting? Wait to the end. It's like those Insta reels. Anybody else ever get lost on those things? If anybody should fast, I should just fast Instagram reels. Because like I'll be, I'll, I was watching football yesterday and I was just like, ding, ding, ding. It's like a half hour. It's so funny though. And then you have the ones like, wait to the end, watch to the end or whatever. This is like that verse. All right. That wasn't like a, a really tangible analogy. I was just, just a little excerpt. Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be, take, groom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Besides, who will patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into an old wineskin. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. Now we read on, he's like, they're going to fast, but they're going to wait till I'm gone. Okay, so, so here we get this wine process. And in the biblical times, it wasn't in big vats and these big massive things. It was in literally skins of animals. And what would happen is they would take the, the, the pressed grapes or the pressed juice or whatever, they would, pour, they would sew up these, these skins, they would be sewn up almost, if you could picture like, like a balloon process. So these things would, would be holding the wine and they would expand as fermentation would begin to happen, these skins would be, be expanding. And all the process that was needed was happening in this moment of this wine skin, this, this animal skin. Okay, then what would happen is by the end, this thing would be big like a balloon and hard. And then you could pour out the, the, you would pour out the wine and the wine would be good, but you could never use that wine skin again because it was in the stretching that the wine was actually fermented and made into wine. So you could never use that again. But here's the thing, and, and I wanna impress this on us. I believe the Lord is doing a new wine and a new wine skin, and I believe he cares about both. I believe he cares about what's in the wine skin, his presence, him, people, like all of that, right? But I also believe he cares about the structure. And there's so many, we have so many changes coming this year, even for Upper Room. We, we, we just voted to, to push into a new building expansion. And so we're meeting with designers now. We're gonna be designing an expansion of the sanctuary and a youth uh, building. We are pushing into the first phase of that. We're doing new bylaws with, a, with a, a bit of a new structure with an elder board and some things. As we grow, we need more structure. As we grow, we need more, more responsibility on more leadership. So there's these things. So God cares about structure as much as he cares about what's in the structure. This is just a building. The government is just to facilitate what God's doing in here. The building is just to facilitate who he is in here and who's coming in and how we get to corporately worship him together. How our kids get to grow, how we get to grow in the word, right? We get to grow in community. That's what's in the wineskin, but it's just a building, but, but we need both. Now here's the thing, as he does a new structure, it's not that we just pitch the old, sometimes that wine is even better. That old song today, sometimes that's better. So it's not that the old wine is wasted and it means nothing anymore, we actually get to drink the old wine, but we also now get to drink the new wine with the new wineskin. Is that making sense? 
So it's not that we totally abolish and, and just ignore the old season in our past and our history and, and even my dad who founded the church. We honor that. But we also look forward to what the Lord is doing new in that next generation. So, so there's a few things. Sometimes people, people resist the new and they resist what's coming. And, and I'll, I'll go into why. But Psalms 43, 40 verse 3 says, He has given me a new song. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Not a next thing, a new thing. God's not doing a next thing. There's not another Messiah coming. There's not another Savior coming. He's already came. And, and sometimes we'll sit in our lives or our circumstance or our church and say, come Jesus, come. No, he's already came. He's waiting for the church to go, church, go. He's not doing a next thing. He's doing a new thing. And sometimes the structure or the wineskin might look different, and the wine might taste a little different, but we still honor the old. Let, let, me, let me carry on here. So, so there's this new wineskin. Revelations 21, 5 through 7, words it like this. He says, And he who was sitting in the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. We're going to finish the sermon with a little bit of things as it is finished. But remember this part. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. There's new wine coming. He is the new wine. He is the, the quench to our thirst. He is the living water. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be the, his God, and he will be my son. God proclaims of the new and the destruction of the old. Okay, so Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says this. I'm breezing through this because I have a lot of content. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of the old. <laughs> Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It may have been felt like the last year or two you've been wandering through the wilderness or a desert. But thank God he promises that he makes a way in the wilderness and gives us springs and rivers in the desert. I find this captivating too. As, as Isaiah writes this, it's the people of Israel in a time of captivity. They're literally in captivity and he's saying he's doing a new thing. Right? They're complaining about where their food's gonna come from. Boom, boom. Birds start falling from the sky. Manna starts falling from the sky. They complain about being thirsty. Water starts flowing from a rock. These are the crazy things, right? Because he literally is the river in our desert. He literally is every need, and his grace is sufficient for, for everything. But there's so many people that resist the new because they're so fearful of losing the old. Let me give you a few reasons why I feel that is. And let me just say, just because we embrace the new in this next generation and the building and all of these things that, that are going to happen this year and new souls coming in, just because we're embracing the new doesn't mean we're dishonoring the old. There's a, there's a balance of both. But I think it's because sometimes we feel like we may lose control. We may feel like we won't have, be, have an influence or be part of the influence anymore. It might be because we were successful in the old and we're fearful that we may not be successful in the new. We may not have that voice. It might be fear of offending or dishonoring the past. I, I sit in this realm to where I honor the past, I'm content for the present and in the present, but I dream for the more. I'm hungry for the more. I sit in this place that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
to where I honor the past. I honor those who went before me. I honor the, the seasons of the past. I'm thankful where we are, but I am so looking forward to where we're going. In my life, I'm thankful where I, <laughs> that I'm no longer where I used to be, but I'm looking forward to where God takes me because I still got a ways to go. Anybody else with me? I'm in process. I'm not perfected. I'm not perfect, but I'm in process, thank the Lord. Could be fear of the unknown. It could be because we've gotten comfortable in the old, and we fear not being comfortable in the new. Israelites, ring a bell? As they're wandering in the desert, as they're wandering, they literally say, we'd rather go back to slavery because we knew where our meals would come from. It could be an insecurity or an identity issue. Well, my identity is in this. It could be not knowing how you'll fit in the new system, or it could just be we don't trust God and we don't trust people. Okay. It's kind of like a cell phone. Anybody else hate updates? Years ago, I had this conspiracy theory that iPhone would release an update every time they were getting ready to release a new phone because they wanted to sell more phones, so they'd do these little glitches. Nicole's like, oh, that's so wrong. A year later, litigation comes out, and it is proven that's exactly what they were doing. I was like, my battery doesn't last as long. It just, it just all of a sudden quits. Anybody else? It was true, and I think it's still true. Anyway, the whole thing will change, and sometimes, like, I got a speaking app I use. It's for notes. They changed it on me like a year ago. It looks totally different. I'm like, what? Sometimes new is better. Sometimes it's not. But thank God that we navigate and we change and we mold because what matters is that he's planted in the center and the structure and the, the new wine, that we just host him, right? Anyway, let me, let me carry on. Song of Songs says this, because I believe this. If, if our memories are greater than our dreams, then we're dying it's not just about what God did, it's also what he's continuing to do. We can't live off of yesterday's manna and yesterday's bread. He's doing fresh bread daily. The, see, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of spring singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. I woke up this morning really early, it was still dark, and uh, I look out my window and there's a little roof there. And I was like, did it snow? What just happened? I went to bed, it's raining. It's been raining for like seven weeks here, it feels like. We are not in Seattle, it should not still be raining, it's winter. But I look and I was like, I look at the temperature and I see the warning, there's a freeze warning and a freeze rain and sleet warning. And I was like, oh, okay, that's just frozen. It's 31 degrees. Sometimes when, when we look at this season in Ohio, we can't see the spring. But see, without dreaming, we can't see past the winter. Without faith, without trusting the Lord, we can't see past our circumstance or our current situation or what's not happening. I thank God for those moments when God delays things because his yes is building interest of a better yes. I appreciate sometimes the no's. Can I give you a really, uh, really non-important one? Um, Nicole, for years, I talked about building a tree house at our old house. And, uh, and I had these three trees. It was on the property line. We had really amazing neighbors, and they had little kids. I was like, all right, I'm going to build that tree house. And then I, I procrastinated, didn't build it. We got new neighbors who didn't have little kids. And then I was like, I don't really like those trees. And then before we knew it, we moved. And then I built the biggest tree house you could ever imagine. It is 32 feet. 
by 17 feet wide. It is massive, and it has a structure, an enclosed structure on it that is 10 foot by 12 foot. And the rest of it is a sitting deck, and it has a curly Q slide off of it. It has a sitting area. It has, it has a private entrance to this little reading area on the other side. It is this amazing thing. Now, it was almost falling down, but John Rohrbach came over and helped me out a little bit, and we did some come-along work, and we reframed it, and it was good. But anyway, it's this thing. Now, if I had built that thing at the old house, it would have just been wasted, and we would have left it. But now, we, we have it, and the kids are at this age, and we... we it's, it's a tree house in a fun zone in the summer, and it is a killing, deer-killing machine in the fall. We just harvested our fifth buck in three years from our property, four of them being from that, that, that massive monstrosity of a thing that I can't believe. What happened was I don't know enough about construction. And I was like, this should be easy. And then I start doing it, and I was like, that's massive. Dan's laughing at me because it's so true. I was like, that should be easy. That, that's not that big. It was a full shed sitting on top, 12 feet in the air. I didn't even know how to make stairs to it. My brother had to come over like, all right, I'll help you build some stairs. Anyway, that's the, that's the Lord. The Lord protects us. I know that's trivial. I know that doesn't mean much to you, but that for my heart was something important. And that is the Lord's example of sometimes his no's are delayed yes his building interest. Sometimes in that transition season, we want this, or we want this to happen like this, or we want this person like this, or we want this. When the Lord's doing his work and we can't see it because we're sitting here thinking it should be the way we want it. When the Lord's doing something totally different that's better for us in the long run and better for his kingdom and better, better for this world around us. Let me, let me move on to transition. David, he, he had this long transition from a little boy. He was selected to be king at this table, right? Give me 10 more minutes. He was selected to be king. And then he goes through his whole life. And it wasn't until way later in life, six additional cities later and seasons later, that he was actually king. But there was these things that he learned to do. There was this long transition that was building character. There was this long transition that was building fortitude and building patience and building dependence on God and faith in God. It was killing a bear and a lion that eventually was training him to kill Goliath. It was killing that giant that was building faith how to, how to deal with Saul. It was the worship with the Lord and sowing into those wells of worship with the Lord to how to honor Saul. And through his life, and even when hardship came, and even a moral failure when he was with Bathsheba, when kings were off the war, he was on a roof gazing at a woman and lusting after her. The Lord still used him. And it was those character moments, it was that transition moment that allowed him to steady as the head that wears that crown. To make a good king, he was a warrior and he was a lamb. He was a worshiper and he was a warrior. He was those things, and that was the period, that was the season. If he was from a young boy going from shepherd boy to king, he would not have been able to withstand it. We want these things to happen now, and we want, we want this thing just to go from here to here. When the Lord's plan is sometimes like, yeah, it's that 40 years learning things, and then that what should have been 12-day journey was 40 years, and oh, now you're king. Now you're in the promised land. That's the transition. How many in here have given birth to a baby? I'm going to lower my hand. There's a new baby here. River Joy, welcome. For the first time at Upper Room, I see another little baby here I'm not as familiar with, but uh, just welcome them from a distance. Love on them from a little distance. So anyway, during, during birth, there's this period, and it's, and it's really... Um, in the final of the first stage of birth. It's the active delivery. It's the active labor called transition. 
And it's just before birth. It's when the baby's coming out the canal, there's crowning that, that, that signifies that point, okay? That is the most painful part. But let me just say, God is birthing something, and it might be painful, but that life is worth it in the end. Big baby, as the says, big baby, big push. Little baby, little push. And some of us, we're birthing this big life and this big promise and these big prophetic yeses and amens. So sometimes there's that big push, that big pain. But vision gives pain a purpose. Let me, let me just kind of finish this point of transition because it's hard. It's, transition is hard, going from the old to the new, going from tragedy to triumph. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes there's hardship in that. But let me just tell you, the Lord is in it and he's gonna make it so worthwhile. The crap you're going through, the crap you've gone through in life, the junk you've had to endure, let me just tell you, there is a testimony on the other end of that that becomes a prophecy for somebody else. That marriage crisis that you're in right now is a prophecy and a promise and a testimony for you and others in the future. That financial issue you're going through, that longing for a baby, that longing for a spouse, those things, those lonely times, there is, there is breakthrough, there is a mountain on the other side of that valley. Sometimes in these valleys, they're hard to get through, but let me just tell you, that's where the streams run and that's where the nutrients are. That's where the animals hang out. That's where vegetation is. And on the other side of every valley is a mountaintop. We're like Gideon. We get to praise the Lord and see our enemies fall. Transition sets up the, the next generation for a stage of breakthrough. Let me, let me finish this point. Transition is hard, but vision gets us to that mission. Vision gets us to the purpose. Vision gives that pain a purpose. If we can see what's in the promised land, if we can see what's on the other side of this, all of a sudden we have sight that's faith-driven from God to say, yep, that's worth it. Harvest. Planting seeds is hard. Cultivating a land is hard, but the harvest is worth it. Passion is the why behind the vision and the mission. And when we find the why, if we know the why, the way is gonna be made and the, the when and the how and all that works out. It's about finding the why. We get stressed out. I want to do this and this. I'm this age. I should be doing this by now. The Lord's not wasted a single moment of your life. The Lord's not wasted a single circumstance. The Lord has not wasted a single moment and second in time or situation. He uses it all for good to those who love him and are called according to whose purpose? His purpose. This why is so important. I just want to know God, and I want others to know him too. Why? Because he's that good. That's my why. I've experienced and I've tasted and seen he's good. That's my why. My why is there is an eternity waiting of a glory realm, and there is an eternity of hell and gnashing of teeth and fire. My why is I want to experience this on a daily and for eternity, and I want to bring others there with me to just sit in his glory realm. John 19, 28 through 30. Um, somebody can come play or do something. I think we talked about that. Whatever you feel in your heart. John 19. I'm going to finish this up. Oh, wow, I got a lot of notes left. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to the full, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar of full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. 
and he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. There's so much meaning behind this, especially coming from the new wine, new wineskin, all of this, but I don't have time to go there. But he said, it is finished. In Greek, it means paid in full. In Hebrew, it means to create. See, at this moment in time, Jesus was the greatest transition of all of eternity. Jesus was the greatest transition going from one season to the next, from, from, from B.C. to A.D. He was the greatest transition going from separated from sin with, of God to now redeemed and paid in full by Jesus. He became the greatest transition. So all of a sudden, when he's saying it's finished, our life is now just beginning. So now we're new creatures. You see, Jesus was living in the old covenant, but ushering in the new. John was baptizing for re repentance and resurrection, where Jesus came for resurrection. See, there's this thing that John lost his head as a prophetic sign of the old way of thinking was done. John was the last to teach the law of the prophets, and violent men now take it by force, and a violent act of grace is what changed and transitioned this season from, from separated from a family of eternity to now redeemed in a family with Christ forever. Let, let, me, let, me, let me move on, because 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You see, Jesus' why was you. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You were, you are his why. You, you were the very reason he became the propitiation for our sins. We, I am the very reason that he, that he sacrificed himself on the cross and he conquered death, hell, and the grave and that tomb was empty. You are the very reason. I'm the very reason. I'm, I am the somebody, not the nobody. You are the somebody. You, didn't, you weren't trash. You're not worthless. You're not pointless. You know, the world and so many of you have word curses on your lives. And, and from the time you, you, you grew up into the time where you were maybe abused or these things or a big brother or a boss or somebody began to speak these word curses over you. Jesus has never spoken that over you. And that is not who you are. The old season, the old me who may want me to partner with lies. The old creature may have started to believe that I was insignificant or nobody or worthless or a sinner. But let me just say the new creature that, that Paul calls me and that Jesus redeemed me as is a son, is, a royal, is part of a royal priesthood, is a chosen generation, is a peculiar people. I'm weird as heck. But God redeemed me and saved me by his grace, and I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm no longer part of the old Aaron. I, I'm a son. I'm a beloved. I'm a child. I'm free. I'm full of hope, full of joy. Sometimes I got to remind that old man that he's dead. Some mornings I need to, when I wake up or some, some negative things start to come or I start to dip into that gossip world or whatever that we all have this temptation to go to and are drawn to. Negativity, that stuff. I gotta remind that old man, he's dead. That's not who Jesus is in you anymore. Jesus isn't that person at work anymore. Aaron isn't that person at work anymore. He, he isn't that immoral liar and, and, and gets his acceptance from others and people and man. God is transforming things in us 
so that he can transform things through and around us. He's doing something in me. He's done something in me so he can do something through me. There, there's a lot of stuff happening in our city, in our region, in our states, in our, in our nation, in the world. And, and let me just say, like, how we change the whole world is allow God to change something in me so that I can just change the people in front of me. Heidi Baker words it like this. You want to change the world, love the person in front of you. <clears throat> Bill Johnson says, you want to bring revival to a nation, start in your heart. There's some darkness in, in even Tip City right now. There's some stuff. But how many know that Jesus' light is way more powerful than any darkness? His love is more powerful than any hate. His unity is more powerful than any division in our nation and racial issues and tensions. His unity, his love, it abounds. He abounds. He is love. We, we have a few things to, to close with here. I've already closed the message. You can relax a little bit. I would love for you to take a moment. We're going to do communion here in a moment. And I'd love to just activate you as a body. And, what my, and my heart was just around somebody around you. Get, get a little personal. And just would you begin to share? There was two questions I really wanted you to process. I just believe the Lord is just... I believe this three-year transition, and I, and I believe there's a succession to this new season of what's happened. And I believe last year was just, just for me defined as a transition where 2020 was, was, was the junk, right? So much. There were still effects this year. There was still tragedy this year. I'm not, I'm not denying that. There was, there was lingering tragedy of really, and, and I believe this, I remember this commercial that Dayton Public Schools came out with. I'll never forget it. A new day is dawning at Dayton Public Schools. They play it over and over and over. And I've actually always received that for myself and the kingdom. A new day is dawning for Jesus. A new day is dawning at Upper Room. A new day is dawning in your home. A new day is dawning in your heart. It's a day of new beginnings today. And I, I just, I really sense that. And I'm in agreement with Nicole when she heard from the Lord about a double portion. So we process these two questions. And I love, then we're gonna pray for each other and then do communion as a body. And then we'll be out of here. Will you just process this first question is, what was the most challenging thing you had to navigate through last year? Second question is, what are you most looking forward to? What's a dream? What is something you really want to happen this coming year? And will you just pray into that with each other? I'm gonna give you about four or five minutes. So just partner up and just find somebody and uh, just begin to process that. What was the most challenging thing in 2020? If you're sitting alone, please find somebody. If, it's okay if there's two or three or even four of you. You don't have to be alone. Please do not be alone. Most challenging thing, and if you're watching online, if you don't have anybody there you're watching with, just begin to engage online and you can write in the comments. What's the most challenging thing of 2021? What are you most hoping for in 2022? We'd love to engage with you.
All right, just a couple more minutes. A couple more minutes. Finish that up. If the other person's not had a turn, please begin to share. cups. Josh is walking around. He'll, he'll give you a communion cup if you need it. begin to pray for each other just wherever you're at you can finish this conversation in a few minutes but just lay hands gently on a shoulder or somewhere appropriate and just close this part out with prayer lord we just thank you we thank you for transition we thank you that there is a new beginning that the, the slate is clean that there's fresh fire fresh hope fresh joy fresh peace jesus we thank you, Lord. We thank you for, for the challenges and the breakthroughs, Lord. We thank you that you are still good. We thank you that, that our hope is in you and our hearts not defer because of faith and trust in you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the permission to not be perfect. We thank you for the permission to process and have feelings and go through sadness. But Lord, we thank you that we don't have to stay there. So Lord, we thank you for a new season. We thank you that you're transitioning us into new things, a new song, the new wineskin, the new wine. We thank you for that. And we just pray that there is a yes and amen to every dream, every hope, every desire of our hearts in here this year. We thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. If you could stand with me, we're gonna do communion as a body. have communion and you need it, Josh is down here, just raise your hand. He'll get up to you or get to you. So if you need communion. If you're at home, something symbolic will be great. If you don't have anything, just do it in your heart. <laughs> All right, feel the, the bread part. The bread scripturally and symbolically represents Jesus is the bread of life. And, and as we break bread, he was broken so that we could be whole. So as we take this, the Bible says, as often as you do communion, do it in remembrance of him. It talks about evaluating your hearts and doing it uh, with the right heart, the right attitude. So just with some self-reflection of this year and, and knowing that his body was broken for us, we're just praying to this right before we take it. Lord, we thank you for your body. We thank you that you are the bread of life that you were broken so we could be whole. Well, we know that parts of the last year or two were broken and hard. We thank you, you're making them whole and you've made them whole, you've made us whole. You've made this body whole. You've made our physical bodies whole. Lord, as we do this, we do it to remember you, your sacrifice, the price you paid Jesus and your worth and how good you are. So we thank you, Jesus. Let our hearts be pure. Thank you for your body. Take the bread.
just always want to remind you whenever I do communion up here that one drop of his blood, just one, has the power to heal and allow you to forgive yourself and others, to take away bitterness, anger, resentment, doubt, all the things. And just the one thing I want to pray into this morning as we remember what he, what he did and the blood that was shed. Just think that as we take the juice this, or the drink the blood this morning, that hang-ups, the word I heard was hang-ups in our hearts are getting removed. So whatever's in our heart that we're hung up on. So thank you, Lord, that you chose to suffer and die and to shed your blood so that we wouldn't have hang-ups in our heart that prevent us from all that you have for us. So as we as we drink this this morning, we just allow your blood just to flow through and, and heal. Heal the hang-ups in our heart. We thank you and honor you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Um, we're going to have our prayer team come up. If you need prayer for anything, healing in your body, relationship, heart, emotions, anything at all, um, they're going to be up here. So you can stay and get prayer. If you were in a heavy conversation, you want to finish that, by all means, stay as long as you want. Lydia did something really fun on New Year's Eve. It was not midnight, but we counted down to celebrate the new year. We're past midnight, but I think we should count down and go with some praise and celebration into the new year. You guys with me? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Happy New Year! Woo! Bless you guys.